0: There's a massive ethnic cleansing of Muslims. Up to 40% of Muslim sect villages are now empty by Buddhists going on right now in Myanmar. It's also called Burma. It's north of Thailand and northwest Vietnam. Um, and none of us are really know enough properly to discuss why it's happening and how to fix it, but we both think it deserves way more of a mention than it appears to be getting from mainstream American media. I've heard one thing about it in my weekly media diet from the NPR's, NPR's, like, everyday podcasts.
1: Yeah. So in, one in, thing... NYT had a little blurb, about a, a paragraph and a half blurb in their weekend update that I get.
0: Yeah, I, well, and there hasn't been any push notification stuff from Algebra. It's not even been getting great coverage in German news. It's yeah. It's been getting some, but not much. Um, And I... Honestly, I, I don't think it's getting too much play because it goes directly against the stereotypes that we as Americans and also people living in the West, whatever that means, so often have. Uh, namely that Buddhists are peaceful, like unstressed people, you know, people like, oh, man, I'm a Buddhist and like don't have attachment. And that Muslims are generally violent. And, and this is on its face untrue. And the genocide or ethnic cleansing, if you ask the general secretary of the UN Mm -hmm. that's being carried out by the government of Myanmar, is at once one of the saddest but also best proofs that religions don't determine how people behave. Um, And, you know, you have Buddhists killing Muslims because of their ethnicity right now. And and this is like a a fundamental evil of racism here and Bigotry, religious bigotry, um, because it, it reduces people to cultural stereotypes and doesn't allow for complexity, right? Because you you hear the word Buddhist and you think of somebody like the Dalai Lama or something. You hear Muslim, and uh, quite honestly, I think a lot of Americans jump to somebody like Osama bin Laden, mm-hmm. and it's it's fucking bullshit, right? You have this ethnic mi- minority getting killed by governmental action because they're Muslim, and it's fucking Buddhists doing it. So like, whenever we say we're against racism and stuff, it's important to recognize that that's a very big deal because you don't allow people to be who they are and you can't understand the world if you're racist or if you hold these prejudiced beliefs about certain groups. And it's, it's terribly sad that right now that racism that permeates our culture is, is keeping us from talking about a fucking genocide. Like, yeah. that's unacceptable.
1: Yeah, the number I saw this morning was that 400,000 um, uh, Muslim had fled uh, Burma, uh, or Myanmar, to um, the country northeast of them, um, and that over half of that population was under 18 because they'd killed all, the, all of the of-age men and women. Um, and I think you're, you're exactly right, you know, that, that reducing people to a single thing or thinking that they have a single uh, attribute that makes them who they are or what they are um, It it is the it is the guilt moving mechanism that racists use to justify their violence against these people,
0: and it's the same methods. It's it's the same thing that these these Buddhists running Myanmar are are using to justify genocide. And and that step is always not that far away when you're being racist or when you're when you're culturally stereotyping people based on something like religion. And so it's important to recognize that you know. You can be a Muslim and be very peaceful. You can be a Buddhist and, and be genocidal. Like, yep. if, if if you use that to understand how people function, you're wrong.
1: And that's, can, that's the can, end of it. You can be a socialist and still be rational and care about other human beings. <laughs> you can be a socialist and not want gulags.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 we're really just using, we're, we're politicizing this to, to make you all <laughs> only partially a joke but also really guys pay attention to this shit fucking talk about it it's important don't don't let the news keep this from being a thing
1: that you know about yep yep good point many months has come and gone since i wandered from my home in those oklahoma hills where i was born Many a page of life has
0: turned, many a lesson I have learned. Well, I feel like in those hills I still belong. We're down yonder in the Indian Nation, I ride my pony on the reservation. In those Oklahoma hills where I was born. Now we're down yonder in the Indian Nation, the cowboy's life is my occupation. In those Oklahoma hills
1: where I was born. I'm Adam Burnett. And I'm Carl Roberts. And this is Red Star Over Oklahoma. We are a small political and news podcast broadcasting about left Oklahoma and left politics in Oklahoma. How you doing this week, Carl?
0: Uh, doing good. Doing good. Um, getting some stuff done. Got a second job. Ooh. I now have two jobs. I'm an immigrant stealing jobs officially now, so
1: watch out. <laughs> well, I'm proud of you. And I'm sure everyone else is for working your little socialist tail off. Because labor omnia vincit, right? Indeed, I do believe our state motto. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, it's a, it's been a pretty uh, big week in news. Um, uh, of course, we're going to devote our entire 60 minutes of this podcast to uh, a review of Hillary Clinton's new book, How I Did It, uh, me killing Seth Rich in a <laughs> garage underneath a Washington, D.C., uh, uh, building, just like in House of Cards. Uh,
0: oh, you forgot to mention that uh, there, it, because it's all about cheese pizza, um, it's actually just about uh, – it, it's a child sex ring that she also <laughs> did.
1: Very importantly. Uh, Alex Jones was right, guys, the whole time. God, I just I, – if, if I choose to believe that Alex Jones isn't right about – all the things he's had to say about Hillary and cheese pizza and Seth Rich, then I'm going to have to discount some of the things he said about aliens, and I really need those things to be true for my worldview to hold up. (laughs) I mean, it's a central part of any healthy belief system,
0: I think, that uh, alien lizard people run the government. I mean... Why explain with rationality what you can explain with conspiracy? Okay, it, come on. It's definitely
1: going to make it easier for me to sign on to whatever genocide Alex Jones is going to be propagating in the next 20 years when I'm just convinced that <laughs> three quarters of our ruling class is actually lizards. <laughs> But anyway, speaking of lizards, we're, uh, our first story, though, is going to be about uh, an, uh, our favorite way of trying to take down the lizards, and that is by providing healthcare to everybody at once. <laughs> all, all the people, all the time, healthcare.
0: It's a stunning concept. It's a stunning concept that Bernie Sanders has put forward
1: yeah. in the Senate. Yeah, and so, Carl, I'll let you walk through some of the uh, specifics of the bill in a second. But, um, so, just in, in the news, so, uh, both Sanders and the Republicans unveiled, um, like, vague tax plans this week. Uh, Sanders is actually a tax, like, a, a health and tax plan that, like, you know, makes sense and isn't just um, lizards yelling at each other in the mirror. Uh, but, um the Republican plan is just kind of the same old, same old, you know, not Obamacare, Obamacare. But, um, Sanders is doing exactly what Hillary critiqued him for in her book, which is trying to dismantle the great works of Obama in order to, uh, you know, institute a new and untested system, according, as according to her, because all of Europe isn't a testing ground.
0: But... also, Also, you know, places like Japan, Mexico... Uh, fake Cl- news. Columbia, fake news. Um, China, Re- really, all all the parts of the planet with like economic activity I, of I, I don't large
1: know note that's not extractive. <laughs> um. But yeah, and 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 so, Sanders is hoping to uh, get this pushed through. Uh, we've kind of had a resurgence because, basically, the Republicans had kind of said, "Okay, well." you know, we have this policy agenda, but the only way we're going to get any of it done is if we get the money out of Obamacare, which, like, is actually true. Like, there is tax subsidies and things tied up in Obamacare, and if they want more money freed up, to do things you know they can't cut education or like you know the funding for the arts anymore because those things are already gone like that was the very first thing Donnie t did once he got in office was like all right dismantle this dismantle education the epa uh and the funding for the sciences and the arts uh let's get rid of that shit. uh and then um you know so basically they have the you know the policy initiatives they want to work on taxes the wall military spending all of those require more spending and they've they already cut everything ex- they can except for basically health care. And so, yeah, what well, their plan, they're really trying to shuffle this around so that they can move forward because we're kind of have to kind of go back to health care because they don't have anywhere to move forward without the health care money.
0: Because they also importantly, they they will not raise taxes, yeah. essentially, or at least they, they, they say they won't. But, it, you know, they it would be very difficult or for cut them middle to do plan. Yeah, that, and if they want Donald Trump's new military spending, despite the U.S. having an army that could, that does not need more money by any stretch of the imagination, um, they, they gotta cut healthcare. That's it, because they can't
1: raise the taxes. Yep, they can't raise taxes, and they can't, like I said, can't cut any further than they've already cut. There's not a whole lot left unless they start firing their secretaries. And I mean, they will never do that. Yeah, <laughs> if they fired their secretaries, who else is, Ted Cruz is going to have to blame for him liking porn videos on Twitter.
0: Okay, in his defense, the porn star does kind of look like his wife. So, It
1: was an incest video.
0: (laughs) Also, in his defense, he wrote a 76-page paper saying that you don't have a constitutional, legal brief, not paper, that you don't have a constitutional right to masturbate. So, I mean, uh, we're all sinners, Adam. That's what the church taught me.
1: is it what the church taught you? I think the church taught you other things. <laughs> the church taught me that but then didn't
0: teach me the part about how it's bad. That's, that's, <laughs> that's good. let's say, let's put it that way.
1: Um so let's um let's let's kind of walk through uh some of the things that the 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 healthcare bill is actually going to do. Um and what it is is as we've all heard, Medicare for all, Medicare for everyone. Um And so basically how that works, um, can can you explain a little bit how, how, how that, how that exactly works with the Medicare for all? Yeah. So Medicare is
0: an extremely popular program, right? You turn 65 and you're American and then you get healthcare, right? And so the plan is to extend this to everybody within like four years of passing the bill and it works, uh, by in the first year lowering the age for medicare applicability so being able to get medicare it lowers the age to 55 and everybody from you know newborns to 18 year olds get enrolled in medicare right and then it opens up a like an option where you can opt into that instead of having your employer employer offered health. and then in the next year the age lowers down to 45 the next year after that it's 35 and by the fourth year everybody's in medicare at this point right yeah and it's also for all residents of the u.s so if you're a resident in the united states you'll get a little health card that says look i'm a resident of the united states i'm entitled to health care and then you will go to the doctor and just like it works with medicare you'll say hey doctor health care me please and then they will do healthcare care things to you right yeah um which is you know, this is a functioning thing for everybody over 65 already. It already exists. We know about it. Everyone, if you know someone over 65, you know someone that's on Medicare. So that's the idea of calling it Medicare for all. And then on top of that, um, it also is like very expansive. So it repeals the Hyde Amendment, so federal money can go to abortions now, which it currently can't.
1: Very if important. The bill were to be passed. that was yeah, that was essentially the thing that a lot of even like. The, uh, one of the things that a lot of Democrats basically say you can't have Medicare for all unless you repeal the Hyde Amendment. But anyway, continue.
0: And, yeah, and and that was important because you know Bernie Bernie Sanders and Bernie Sanders voters are oftentimes women. Surprise, surprise. Um, and also, all of us support you know the full uh, gamut of reproductive rights stuff. Mm-hmm. That's very important, I think, to all of us. Yeah. And um, the the bill works by saying the only thing you'll pay for once you've been enrolled in this system. So if you opt in or you wait the four years and then eventually get brought into the system is prescription drugs that are brand name when there's an off-brand alternative. So you can choose to pay for that if you want. If you say want instead of, uh, I don't know, like Viagra, you are okay with off-brand Viagra. You get that, right? I, I couldn't think of a good pill. I'm sorry, everybody, but that's how it works.
1: Well, I think, um, I think, I think um, the one, the one I think of with that instance is that I know that there are some pain meds um, and some anti-nausea meds that um, work hand in hand um, in the way that like you have to have the name brand. And And I just know this because of some stuff with cancer, but like, I know that you have certain name brands of pain reducers that have like essentially paired name brands. Of, anti, of anti-nausea medicines. They go with them. Um, and I think that's probably a bit of a marketing ploy. I mean, you know, that's the pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical industry is for profit. Devil. Uh, but that being said, like, I'm sure that, like, there's a doctor out there somewhere who would go, like, oh, no, there's certain medicines that you do actually need to have, like, exactly what it is. And you may need to do that. Or shit, maybe you just like the little uh, P on the Percocet thing and you think it's a status symbol and you want to have your P's on your Percocets. And if you want that... You can pay
0: for it. And there, Capitalism. You can pay for it if there's an off-brand version. If there's not an off-brand version, it's free. It's free. You get it because that's what's there. And so um, that's that's really important in one sense because it decommodifies health, right? Healthcare is not a fucking commodity. You don't go get heart surgery because you want it. You go get heart surgery because you're going to fucking die if you don't get heart surgery. Yeah. That's how healthcare works. And so it's essentially taking that away from this sphere of, of like capitalist production. And it also, by having you everyone be insured through the federal government, you don't have, like people won't be forced to stay in jobs because they offer a good health plans or forced to choose between jobs because the health plans offered by jobs are different. And so maybe you want to do a certain job, but the, you know that place doesn't offer the healthcare you need. So you have to stay in a different job or get a job. It, it takes that away too. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. And it also lets people do something that's really important and is like really important for cost controlling as well, which is go to the doctor whenever you fucking need to go to the doctor. Like I have trouble here because like going to the doctor, isn't something that comes naturally. Everybody here fucking goes to the doctor all the time for anything. They're like, Oh, I have a test and I have a, you know, I'm not prepared. Okay, I'll go to the doctor and say, hey, give me a note. And they go, and then it's fine, because you already paid for it. You don't have to pay for that. And every time I was sick back home, I'd down aspirin and buy a fucking Gatorade, right? Yo. And, and, and this is, like, a very normal thing, and especially the poorer you get, the more likely this is how you deal with stuff, until you have to go to an emergency room. And that's the most expensive way to get access to health care. And that also and for most people not dealing...
1: It's the most burdensome burdensome on the healthcare system too. It's it's like it's a lot easier to prevent illness than it is to deal with illness once it has already gone full bore to the point that you're at the emergency room. Exactly, and that's another way it saves costs, right? And this is part of the thing
0: in like the executive summary of the bill. The, the Sanders's office was basically like, "How in the fuck do we pay?" way more than any other country for healthcare roughly two times as much than the average other industrialized country as a percentage of our GDP for healthcare and have outcomes that are massively worse yeah. and not have everybody insured right because there's still something about 24 million people that don't have insurance in the states and so this basically solves that fucking problem makes it cheaper for everybody and gets everybody on healthcare um the other really important thing that his office also put out and this is a direct Fuck you to Hillary Clinton. This is not six-minute abs, <laughs> idiot. Supposed smart policy wonk. Read about any other kind of healthcare plan in the world. Um, Bernie put out different funding options. He yeah. put out a menu of funding options and said, "Hey, we want to debate funding options because there's a you know, there costs and benefits to certain kind of funding options. So here you go. Yeah. Here, here are a ton of different things we can do. A lot of them are things like, say, one of them was." put a 4% tax on incomes and households, right? That's like a healthcare tax, right? And for the median household, that'd be a savings of about, like they'd be paying about $400 a month versus the 4,000 a month they pay right now for health healthcare, right? Yeah. So that's a, that's a big reduction in costs for better health outcomes, better yeah. access to healthcare. And, and other things are, are like a, a making the income tax more progressive. Um, I think one of the coolest things is saying that there's no distinction in income. doesn't matter how you made the money. If you make money, that counts as income, right? Yeah. So that rich people can't say, oh, it's all capital gains, and then get out of paying actual taxes because they're scumbags. Mm-hmm. Instead, they have to pay taxes like normal people, which is another way to raise funding. And there's a bunch of stuff like that. Also, raising taxes on, on estates, which is also wonderful. Mm-hmm. And so if anybody you're talking to says, oh, single-payer health care can't work, Medicare for all is impossible tell them, you fucking idiot, Google that shit. Just go on his page and look at these taxes. Do you like paying way more for worse healthcare? This is a question you should ask anyone that says, oh, it's not possible. Do you want to pay more for worse healthcare and still have uninsured people? Or do you want all your shit to be free and have no one be uninsured?
1: Yeah. Yeah, you're exactly right. And, and, you know, I, the, with, with the multiple funding options, I think that it really speaks to the way our tax plan has been so uh, exploited by the rich. Um, it's one of the things that always gets my kind of uh, druthers up, if you will, um, whenever people tell me about how socialists just want to, you know, steal from people or whatever and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, bro. Like, I just wish we could have access to all the like, the capital that, like, is supposed to, like, move the system instead of it being bound to, like, 1% of the population that has, like, not, just refused to pay taxes on it and just won't contribute to the economy because they want to have the Skrilla in a pile. It's just like, we've already gotten to that point. Like, I don't know why you're telling me that I'm gonna be the one to do it when the people you support are already the ones who do it. But like that, what I'm I'm trying to say is that like having so many different ways, it's like, dude, we can fix, there's so many options to fix this. It is obviously broken. It is quite obviously a broken system and we need to do something to fix it.
0: Yeah, like, like there's no option that we have to do something to fix it, especially when it's a policy problem that is on the whole soul
1: well, in other countries. And yeah, it's a policy problem that's on the whole soul, and it's an efficiency thing. Like, capitalism and healthcare are not efficient. Like, profit-seeking and healthcare are not efficient with each other. Like, it just does not work. And I think an important thing about the Medicare for All um, as well is that what that does is it removes a lot of the private industry for, um, uh, for doctors. And, like... This is something that, like, I get that, like, this is something that, like, capitalists and, like, free market people, when they hear me say shit like this, like, like, oh, my God, like, this is exactly what we're talking about. But, like, you cannot actually under, like, with the Medicare for All, it's a really great system because it forbids a private industry of doctors for the rich. Because if the rich have access to any legal way to go... And get a private doctor that they can pay more money for to get access to the things that they want. They will, and they'll subvert the larger system that has everyone in it, so that they can have a separate system for just them. I mean, it's it's, and, it's the entire whole yeah, of history that backs up that statement. And like this is important because Medicare for All wraps those rich people and makes them give a shit about the system that everyone gives a shit about because they are part of this country. They are not ex parte to this country because they're fucking rich. And this is
0: so important because if you say, you, you're paying for this shit, you have to be in this system, then they're going to defend it and try to make it better. Yep. Because they have to live with it too. And, and one of the things he mentions in, in the funding stuff, right, is he says that um, the wealthiest 0.1% of, our, of American society, 16 uh, 160,000 households own nearly the same amount of wealth as the bottom 90%. Right, that's fucked up, fundamentally. And he wants to to help fund this. He just wants to put a one percent federal wealth tax on the net worth of these households, right? So that's applying a one percent federal tax to households that earn twenty that are like twenty one million dollars a year or more, right? Those fucking people don't need that goddamn money. You take one percent of that money from them. Do you know what that means? They don't have access to anymore, like another fucking house in the Hamptons or some
1: shit. Yeah. That does oh not mean no, they that couldn't get a, a new Sea-Doo. Oh no, they couldn't get a new boat. Oh no, it's so it's hard.
0: Even, it's not even they couldn't get a new boat, it's that their boat had to be gold-plated instead of just fucking gold. Like, fuck you. You don't need that shit. No. I'm sorry. Your quality of life is not changing.
1: I, at I, all. I mean, as, especially as compared to people who are dying without access to healthcare. Yeah, because they don't have access
0: to healthcare. And in the same blurb, he also says the richest 20 Americans, um, and he's basing this on a policy report, own more wealth than the entire bottom half of the American population, like, than the entire American population. We could move that around a bit. So scary to say, redistribute that and have better outcomes for everybody, because it's not meaningfully affecting those 20 rich people, okay? Bill Gates is still going to be able to do whatever the fuck he wants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> put a one percent tax on him he doesn't care he literally pees money he's fine yeah and that and the rest of us yeah suddenly you know we don't have to worry about the health of our family we don't have to worry about our health yeah
1: and and i i i am so impressed sometimes with the uh, desperate straits that people can get into with healthcare, um, and without access to Medicare for all, it just it the when you think of the incentives versus the current incentives, it's just ridiculous. I mean. It, it 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 speaks to honesty with your physicians. It speaks to living a lifestyle that um is healthy in and of itself. Um, it speaks to you know. I mean, I mean, and I don't I don't think we have to you know get off on some great tangent. But I mean, you know, there's a lot that has happened in the U.S. that is you know kind of targeted towards the poor. Where you know the massive amount of processed food that people are being shoved into themselves. I mean, like it's causing not just obesity and not just heart disease, but fucking cancer. I mean, you know, the, the, the quality of water, the quality of food, the quality of, you know, shit housing, housing that people get. And then when they can't trust their doctors, to, you know, when they when they have to work and they can't risk losing their job or losing their health care, uh, you know, they can't be honest with their doctors and say, I'm having an issue. Because if they they accept and ha- start to deal with that issue, which may be difficult, they, they're liable to lose their health care or their job trying to deal with it. And that just, it, 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 it defeats the purpose of economy. It, it, when, you, when you talk about when capitalists say, oh, well, everything has to be most efficient and everything's about the free market system and everything's about the worker having their own ability to make their own intrinsic value. It's like, okay, well, they don't have any intrinsic value when they have to beg for health care. and if they ever, if you ever fuck up, if you ever slip, if you ever aren't 100% perfect, you lose everything. Well, and it's also, it's
0: so fucking, it's not a fucking market. So just, like, people are not like, oh, you know what I need? I need chemo. This cancer too. removed, yeah. I would enjoy to buy chemo. It sounds like a fun game to play. I'll go buy some chemo. Let's shop around. No, they're like, I'm going to fucking die if we don't poison this cancer out of me. Yeah. It's not a market relationship. Yeah. This isn't like, Ooh, do I want to go to, do I want to order something from Jimmy John's or do I want to get it from the Chinese restaurant? This is not, Oh, what phone should I buy? This has literally nothing to do with that shit. You can't talk about markets here because it's always going to be in a state of market failure because your health is not a fucking commodity, okay? Healthcare services aren't fucking commodities. And if anybody tries to pull that shit, just be like, oh, yeah, so did you choose to get cancer? You know, did you choose... To, to only have access to crap. It's, it's one of the most frustrating things, and Bernie is fighting the good fight, and a lot of Democrats are signing up
1: for mm-hmm. it, and that's a good thing. It's a good move. Very good, very good. All right, well, I think you have a special surprise for us this week.
0: That I do. So uh, right now, as we're recording, we're a week out from elections here in Germany, uh, and I've written a little election guide because this is like a big deal, right? This is, Germany's one of the most important countries in the world. Um, and this is going to have important effects on Europe and on the globe and then German U S relationships, which are really important.
1: So oh, well, Adam, I'm just going to, yeah. Yeah. Before mm-hmm. you get started, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to say, um, if you guys have not I, I said this uh, article to Carl and I'll, I'll actually post it, um, on, um, our, our, uh, Facebook or I'm mean, not our Facebook, our, um, subreddit. subreddit, uh, this, this morning, but, um, um, There was a really cool article this week about Angela Merkel and her role with um, uh, Angela Merkel and the like role of women um, in Germany right now that I thought was super interesting. And just so that, you know, we never get accused of being Bernie bros. um, I just wanted to make sure we touch on that because it was a it was a really cool article about um, basically the fact that even with a female prime minister. Uh, women in Germany are still struggling to find their place politically. And I thought it was really interesting. But anyway, I just wanted to make that quick note, and it's off, off to the races for you.
0: Yeah, so just uh, jump in if anything's not clear, Adam. Yeah, and for uh, sure. I'll clear it up. So I'm going to start with the basics. Germany is going to have federal elections on Sunday, September 24th. That's a week from today when we're recording. And this elects members to the Bundestag or federal parliament. And these votes happen every four years. Everybody votes twice, once for the local party member, so you have a selection of party members, and then once for a party list, which is happening at a national level. The second vote for the party list determines what parties get into parliament, and the first vote determines which people get into the parliament, as does the list of members put out by the parties before the vote. And generally, those things don't come into conflict with each other. Um, And the vote for the party or the second vote is unquestionably the more important one because every party that gets over 5% of the total vote gets proportionally represented in parliament. Since it's basically an impossibility that one party will get over 50% of the vote, this means forming coalitions wherein parties work together to have combined control of the majority of the parliament and be able to govern. Because when you have that...
1: Yes? Yeah, I, I was just going to say, you mean that they don't just run a two-party system? Where... It's <laughs> It's really shit. weird.
0: Um, they, they actually, uh, I, I'm going to talk about parties in a bit. Uh, they do have two main parties, but they have a number of other parties. And it, it's funny because more voices are represented. Very, very strange. Um, so now I'm going to explain what those parties are. Um, and the current parliament has five, but really four parties in it right now. The leading party is the CDU, Christlich Demokratische Union Deutschlands, or the Christian Democratic Union of Germany, and its sister party. The CSU, Christische Soziale Union in Bayern, the Christian Social Union in Bavaria. And this smaller party is like if the Republican Party had its own party in Texas, that was accordingly fucking crazier and weird, <laughs> right? Um, together, they're often called uh, the Union or De Union. And they're center right to right wing. And the uh, CSU is especially right wing. For the rest of the show, we'll just be calling them the CDU, and this am specifically referring to the CSU, because that's standard for how you talk about them. Yeah. The CDU is led by Angela Merkel, who you just mentioned, mm-hmm. um, and she's running again. This will probably be her last time, and is currently chancellor, which is what Germans call their prime minister. And the CSU is headed by Horst Seehofer, a real scumbag who once said that you should be able to drink two liters of beer and drive a car, you're not a man, and voted against making raping your wife illegal um they're often represented by the color black even though their official color is blue and i'm gonna explain why colors are important in a bit yeah yeah
1: um i i want to hop in and just just kind of note that um thinking about this it is important that um you understand that angela merkel is not a liberal (laughs) no no, funnily enough, because um, I think I think enough, I think a lot of people I think a lot of people, especially in the U.S., they see a female politician <clears throat> in the highest office, elected office for Germany, and they think, "Oh, they must be Hillary Clinton."
0: And it's it's not true, though. Interestingly, Angela uh, or Muti Mother, as I call her, um, if you're like a gross, disgusting person. Um, is probably Obama's favorite international politician. Yeah. He campaigned for her, which like, says something really bad about the state of American politics, that our supposed center-left president is campaigning for the center-right-to-right-wing party yeah. um, in Germany. But on to the second party of the system, uh, the SPD, Sozialdemokratische Partei Deutschlands, or the Social Democratic Party of Germany, It's the oldest working, par- working people's party in the world. Um, and accordingly, it's center-left to center. And it's currently the junior party in uh, the junior partner in a grand coalition. And a uh, grand coalition is when the CDU and the SPD work together. It'd be
1: like if Republicans and Democrats work together. Um, I don't know what that phrase means, but I'll take it on, yes. on your advice that it's a thing that can happen. It is. It is
0: a thing that that can happen. And German politics is very much defined by a, a culture of consensus, which is really bad and annoying. But I have nowhere near enough time to go into that. Yeah. So. Um, this party's candidate, the SPD's, a candidate for chancellor is Martin Schulz, and their color is red. They're a working party, of course. The yeah. Um, and then the rest of the parties in parliament right now are smaller, but aren't what's called the small parties, a very important difference. The first two of the smaller parties, the Greens and the Liberals, often form coalitions with the CDU and SPD to form governments. And none of them, none of these smaller parties have named candidates for chancellor because they know they're not going to get the votes for it. Yeah. The first one is the Greens, Bündnis uh, 90, or Alliance 90, the Greens, and as the name suggests, it's the Green Party. Uh, they range from center-left to flirting with left-wing, but are generally more center than left, I'd say. Uh, the party has two head candidates, Katrin uh, Göring-Eckhardt and Sem Üstemir, who's uh, of Turkish descent. The latter, Üstemir, uh, is the most visible head of their party, and they're currently the smallest party in the Bundestag. And they've only ever formed a government with the SPD. Their color is, surprise, surprise, green. I don't know if that's true. It's, it's very <laughs> interesting. They have a lot of sunflowers. So you'd think they'd be yellow, but they can't be yellow. Because the next green. party... Oh. Well, yeah, because they're green. Well, they like sun power, even though Germany has like a shit ton of clouds. <clears throat> um, but they could, they could be yellow. It's just yellow is a color directly associated with liberalism. And that's the next party, the Liberals, or the Faya Democrata the Free Democratic Party, or FDP. And when I say liberal, I mean that in like a poli sense, not an American sense, um, because they're generally conservative on economic issues and left-wing on social issues, right? They don't think the government should be involved. They're kind of like libertarians, but also kind of like how Democrats present themselves in the U.S. to some extent. Um, in the last elections in 2013, they didn't get 5% of the vote, and so they weren't in the Bundestag, which is the first time that's happened since the federal public was founded. Oh, wow. And they—yeah, it, it was a very big deal, and they're trying really hard to get back. Um, and they normally make a government with the CDU because they can generally agree on the economy. Um, their color is yellow. It's, like it's I said.
1: almost like— liberals who consider themselves conser- e- conservative e- eco- like economists and g- right-wing people conservatives who consider themselves like socially ill liberal, are the same thing yeah it's almost like those things go together it's so weird dude <laughs> uh,
0: yeah it's it's basically like material conditions might be more important hmm marxist yeah. lesson for the day <laughs> And then uh, the last two parties, Um, they've never been part of a government at the federal level. Uh, The first one, and the only one of them that's currently in the Bundestag, is the left, Die Linke. It's also called Die Linkspartei or the left party, and it's a combination of two previous parties. The successor party to East Germany's official party, and the far-left party of the West. It does starkly better in the former East than it does in the West, normally about twice uh, as good. And it ranges from, like, left-wing social democrats to, like, straight-up, like, fucking hardcore communists. <laughs> um, and it's the third biggest party in the current Bundestag. Uh, Bundestag. Its head candidates are Sada Wagenknecht and Dietmar Bach. And it's generally represented by the color purple, but its official color is red. Um, this is our party. The show likes this party. Uh, they're awesome. Really dope. Good stuff, guys. Yeah. Check them out. Um. And then the final main party is the AFD Alternative für Deutschland, uh, the alternative for Germany. This innocuous name hides the fact that it's extremely right-wing. They're heavily opposed to the EU and migration and have broken a lot of very serious political norms in Germany, like claiming that Germans should be able to be proud of their military in World War II. Um, That's a thing they said this week. That's fucking crazy. Their military did the Holocaust in World War II. And that is breaking so many rules. They have a bunch of insane posters. Uh, I saw there's one here in town, actually, It's very funny. It says, Islam doesn't belong in our kitchen. And it's a photo of a pig. Um, and it's directly above a sign for the vegan party, which is really hilarious. Uh, they they had some other signs, like... Uh, oh, my God, so wait, wait,
1: wait. So you. So you telling me the sign that they would put up in Britain would be this Islam doesn't belong in our bedrooms. With a picture of Tony Blair and a pig?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's the Tory version. <laughs> okay, that's
1: true. That's oh true. Oh,
0: uh, they're they're fucking. This party is a bunch of pigs. Um, <laughs> In, in in a way we should eat them actually right. i would be for a eat the eat the afp party um, i would do that um but uh they they've only ran for one other federal election the one in 2013 and they barely didn't clear that five percent hurdle to get into parliament and their heads are alexander gauland and alice fidel uh, alice fidel is really interesting because she's a lesbian lives in switzerland um <laughs> And the party is pretty fucking homophobic. Very, very confused by that. Uh, but, is, turns is, out, is, she's are, an investment banker. Okay, yeah. there
1: it is. I was wondering yeah. where it was. Yeah, and I was um, about to say, aren't these people, like, hyper-nationalists? I mean, doesn't that go hand-in-hand yeah. with being, like, against immigration in the EU, and yet they're allying themselves with a non-national? Well,
0: so her her lesbian partner is Swiss.
1: Um, ah, and, and then. Okay.
0: They, they had another guy, too, who was like, we need to stop remembering the Holocaust so much, we shame ourselves about it. Like, they're fucking crazy. Wow. These people are bad. Yeah,
1: that's not, um, that's not
0: good. It, it, it's, it, it's not good at all. Their official color is blue. And then there's a shit ton of other parties. I think there's something like 25 to 30 other parties running in various federal states, and they're called the small parties, not smaller parties. Um, and none of them are going to get into parliament. And they run the gamut from joke parties is one party called just the party. They have a member in the European parliament and they're literally a joke, expressly a joke. Um, And then they have a bunch of other like there's like super far left parties. Um, There's, I think, three or four express the socialist parties that aren't the left party. Then there there's a couple neo-Nazi parties and then some regional parties representing minorities. Because There's a couple groups of minorities here in Germany. But yeah, none of them are getting in. They're unimportant. And now I want to explain the coalitions that might come out of this election. Uh, Like I said, there's a grand coalition, and that's where the CDU and SPD form a government together. And it really doesn't look like the SPD wants to do this again, so it's not very likely. Insofar as politically, it's not attractive to anybody, but at the same time, the math might make it the only one that's actually possible. There's a real chance that'll happen. And then we're all kind of screwed (laughs) Um,
1: because they won't want to work together
0: yeah and and, I mean they have to work together to be able to do this but then like the whole campaign has been the SPD trying really hard to win back the chancellorship so it'd be weird if if they had to do that Um, that one's called the black red coalition if it's not called the grand coalition that's why the colors matter here because these colors that aren't official are used to identify the kind of coalitions that are possible Um, the next most likely coalition or rather the one politically most likely in terms of what people would want would be the CDU and FDP. They've made coalitions together all the time. And since the CDU is uh, poised to win convincingly, it's very likely that they're going to try and form a coalition together, which is called the Black-Yellow Coalition. But the polling, once again, doesn't make it look like they'll have over 50%. So they'll probably need a third member. And they'd look to the Green Party for this in order to reach 50%. And that coalition is called the Jamaica Coalition. And that's the official term for it, essentially, that everybody uses when they talk about this, because it's black, yellow, and green, the colors of the Jamaican flag. And it's really funny to hear people be like, oh, we're going to have a Jamaican coalition. It's pretty funny. But no Rastafarianism will be in the Bundestag thing. Um, and this is probably the most popular coalition among the involved parties, but they might not get enough to pull it off like the greens and the cdu were generally opposed to each other since before the wall came down the greens were the far left party in the west but then after the wall came down they all started this thing called like the pizza summits where they'd go to an italian restaurant that didn't sell pizza and would like talk about how they could work together german political culture is strange it's very strange um and then the last like real chance for a coalition would be the Red-Red-Green coalition, which is where uh, the left party, uh, the SPD, and the Greens work together. It's weird because the left gets represented by purple, but then this is called Red-Red-Green. Um, And they could have done this in this Bundestag, but they didn't choose to because nobody really can get along with each other except for small sections of each party. And they are currently doing it in the federal state of Thuringia, but like local politics in the U.S., local politics, national politics are pretty
1: different. Yeah,
0: And it also doesn't look like they're going to make it to 50%. Um, there's one other coalition, what's called the Ample Coalition, or traffic-like coalition between the SPD, Greens, and FDP, but that is like polling at like 35%, <laughs> and it's just never going to happen. Um, it, what you might have noticed by now is that I haven't men- mentioned the AFD once because no one will join, no one wants to work with them at all. Um, that's, that's the cool. CS... Yeah, it's very good. The CSU has been trying to like keep voters from going to the AFD, but because uh, they're the closest. But even they like fucking hate the AFD. Yeah. So like they're not going to be in a coalition for sure. Um, and now the numbers. Right now the CDU is polling at thirty-six percent, which is about five percent lower than what they got in the last election, which is still very far ahead of the SPD, which is polling at twenty-two percent. Of it.
1: once so that again, four percent looks pretty
0: yeah this solid. is like because there's two moving there's two parties here that have to come to an agreement whereas the jamaica coalition requires three yeah. parties and and those three parties don't agree on enough stuff because where there is agreement between two of them the third one isn't there um and then the afd right now depending on the poll you look at is in third place with 11 percent, which is a seven point increase from the last election Jesus. and is like really surprising um but the left, if you look at different polls as a head and the number I pulled for them is 10 percent, but you can trade those two for how much they have. Um, the FDP is at nine and the Greens are at eight. But what's very impressive for this election is that about, you know, and we're a week out from the election, 40 percent of voters haven't decided who they're going to vote for. Um And I mean, you can generally put voters in certain camps, you have center people that might vote for the CDU or the SPD, you might have left wing people that might vote for the SPD or the left, and and so on, you know, we can make a bunch of different things like this. Um, But, you know, that no one really has decided that intensely. And so I I don't think we're going to have any big surprises, but we could have something a bit surprising. And maybe the AFD gets more than we think, and maybe the left gets more. That's, okay. That would be my prognosis. Um, and really sadly, though, for this election, there's been, like, no meat. Yeah. Um, there's no There's no defining issue. Gay marriage could have been that issue, but it was legalized by the current Bundestag after Merkel allowed it to be voted on despite voting against it. I mentioned this earlier uh, in the podcast a, a, a long time ago, actually. Yeah. Um, and then the refugee crisis also could have been the main issue, but it's really... It's died down. It's a lot less intense than it was. Like we're at a point in Germany where they don't need to build new housing for asylum seekers. Um, that had been going on for about three years since twenty fourteen, and they finally are like, now we have enough asylum housing. So, died down. And she and Merkel's government has handled it well enough to assuage the normal voters' fears and keep the left happy. So it really seems like Germans are determined to not have their own Brexit or Trump moment, even if there's a bunch of concern about the AFD actually getting into the parliament for the first time, but expect it to be not terribly surprising and just kind of politics as usual.
1: Well, man, that was really enlightening. I, um, you know, this is very important, especially because Germany right now, I mean, it has always been an an incredibly important, important. I mean, you know, everything, you know, the world power that has been important, especially in the last 200 years. And I, uh, very interesting to see how all that's going to turn out. And uh, let's go. Who are you rooting for, Jamaica Coalition or Red, Red, Green? I really
0: want Red, Red, Green, but they're pulling it around 45%. So my dreams will be dashed, I
1: think. Okay. Well, let's move on. And we're going to move through the last bit of our, uh, our, uh, we're, our, our show for the week, uh, going, going straight into Oklahoma news. I'm going to talk about there has been a bit of a spike in violence directed towards um, the homeless population in Tulsa. Um, There was a gentleman who ran over some homeless people with his car this summer. A Trump supporter, a a very vocal Trump supporter. Importantly, Hmm.
0: Hmm. wonder what that says.
1: Ah, it says a lot. I I actually like I don't know, especially living in Oklahoma, it, it always kinda get, makes my skin crawl when I see someone driving a truck with either like I, I you know, you see so many great, you know, proud conservative Trump blah 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 or the, the come and take 'em Greek thing and it's just like always like I just wanna fucking rear end them, but at the same time it's just like, dude, it's kinda it's so threatening. Like even as a white man who like, you know, isn't really afraid of other people like that, like he has no reason to be like he, like like if they see me, they're not just going to be viscerally angry like if I was a black person. But that being said, like I still it makes my skin crawl when I see those guys driving around because I'm just like, dude, these are guys who are like looking for the fight.
0: Yeah, well, and I think I think that's the thing because it's not just been this guy running people over. There's also been a spike in rapes of homeless women in Tulsa too. Um, and I mean, it's it's just this is like actual this is what fascism is like yeah like fundamentally it's like taking groups of people and saying you need to be outside of our society because you don't add to it and it starts with somebody saying oh you know some of them are good but in general they're bad or something and then it turns into like actual murder
1: yeah
0: and violence and it's it's this um it's this thing of being like you're a leech on society what are you doing here mama no and I mean it's it's fascistic, like I'm not necessarily saying all these people have like fascism in their head or something, but what they're doing is fascistic yeah. and combined with those like actual fascist posters that showed up around Cherry Street in Tulsa not too long ago, mm-hmm. like that's that's super fucking frightening
1: yeah um, and 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 so I think you know there's a couple couple things like one i like homelessness is always such a problem, and like so I went on a walk, I went took the dog on a walk yesterday, and we were going, and we were over at a park in Norman, and every gazebo that was, like, in the park had a homeless person in it, and, like, I, I see that, and, like, as we were walking back, I passed a row of streets, a, a row of, like, houses on a street where there were three houses in a row that were for rent, and it was just, like, this is, like, it's, like, Ingle's housing question, it's, like, this is, like, you know... When you got three hundred empty, three hundred thousand empty houses and two hundred fifty thousand homeless people, it's like, why aren't you just, you know, uh, you know, you know, working with? Because they can't be productive <laughs> sleeping in the park. They could be productive in a house.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you if you're in a house, that's one of your biggest concerns, sticking away, You know, yeah. Put them in a house, give them food, give them care if they need it. You know. Well, and, and, and it's better for and, and and if you have houses that aren't getting fucking used, like I'm sorry. You have a fucking lake house on Grand Lake and we built that house and there's a homeless person. Like you have a lake house at Grand Lake, go to a fucking hotel. That's what hotels are for. You don't need that lake house. That person needs that house.
1: Yep. Yeah. We're
0: rich enough for you to have a lake house and also for that person to have a house.
1: Yeah. And, and and I I think there's another portion of that too, that like not only is homeless, like not like, like a lot of those people, like I understand that like some of those people like aren't able to work. And like a portion of that is, it's like okay, well, they don't have access to like healthcare, and not just like health healthcare, but like everything that goes with healthcare, like access to good food, access to mental health treatment, access to like you know medicine, and like you know stability. Um, and since we I make mean, all think- of those things cost money, we can't help those people because they aren't, don't have the capital to start that process. And then. Yeah with, like, shit like this, like, this, this, like, spike in violence, like, the reason homeless people are targeted for violence is because, like, as far as, like, like, if you can, like, I work a lot in criminal law, and, like, if you can think about it, like, these are, like, I've never heard anyone in the law call them this, but I've heard them called this in a lot of different, like, places, but, like, homeless people, and especially homeless women, are the less dead, just there's no one looking for them, it's like killing a prostitute, like, no one go. like, her family is already not looking for her, like, there's, there, there's no one to look for her. There's no one to give a shit. Like, you kill a 14-year-old white girl in the suburbs, like, the entire city is going to come down on you. But if you kill, a, you know, a black prostitute, no one cares because she doesn't have anyone who gives a shit about her, and, like, that is the problem.
0: And, and we're primed not to give a, sh- yeah. a shit about her by our society, exactly. too. And, I mean, some, some of the stuff I've read, like, on, on the Tulsa subreddit... um there was some like stupid ass fucking meme on it where it's like, hello, welcome to X. And they had like, hello, welcome to downtown. And it was a homeless guy sleeping. And then a bunch of people being like, oh, fucking homeless people, get out of my downtown and shit. And it's like, this is, you know, like this is how people feel about homeless people. And homeless people are people. They deserve the same respect that all of us. Like the fact that you sleep outside is probably not your fucking fault in a country that has the homes to put you in one. Well, and it's not and, something and you're the fact stoked that- about. <laughs> Yeah, like nobody fucking wants that. Like the people who want that are like, you know, granola fucking crunchy hippies with enough money to do that. Okay, hold
1: on. My tent is right over there and I love camping. (laughs) Yeah, I mean But I'm a granola crunching hippie.
0: And one of the coolest things, in my opinion, about camping as a dirty city boy, is coming home to my house. (laughs) Homeless people don't have that choice. And that's fucked up. It's just wrong. Yeah, and, and and people treat them like it's some kind of choice or something. You know, I was friends. I, I've i talked to some homeless people. They've only ever been nice to me. Mm-hmm. And I was friends with one guy, and I heard some more about him. And, I mean, part of why he was homeless is because he got left behind by the education system. Part of why he was homeless is because he grew up in poverty, yeah. and he didn't have any opportunities. And people are like, oh, these homeless people do bad shit. And it's like, well, we put them in situations where they don't have options. Like, like the, the way for them to do what you think is how people should behave doesn't exist. Yeah. Like they don't have access to it.
1: Yeah. It's that implicit violence. When you lock the door to where the things they need are, that is just as violent as taking it out of their hands.
0: Yeah. And I mean, think about, it. I, I think everyone in Tulsa knows that if you go to the QT at 15th and Denver, there's going to be a bunch of homeless people there. Mm-hmm. And why are they there? Because if they beg there, they can get food immediately. Yep. That's how fucked up this is. Yep. That they have to beg where the, the cheap food is. Yep. You know? Yep.
1: Yeah. Well, to, to continue talking about uh, terrible, uh, terrible chuds in uh, Oklahoma, apparently the Republicans in Oklahoma, any Republican who's a politician in Oklahoma, just can't keep their hands to theirself. Um, so we had another special election this week, this time in Norman. For a House representative spot from a gentleman who – a Republican who uh, abdicated after to – I think he's going to – oh, goodness. He's going to a policy institute or, or, or another board within the government. I think he might be switching over to the municipal city board. I don't remember. But uh
0: This is this is the first special election where it hasn't been like sexual assault. Somebody well, by the yeah, person got out. Yeah,
1: me. we're gonna we're gonna get to that. but but so this this gentleman was a teacher and he got elected as a Democrat. So uh just to um kind of orient both both of us, uh so there's 101 state reps in Oklahoma and there's forty-eight state senators. Um so after this, the Democrats are gonna ha- go up to twenty-eight uh State representatives, not senators, but state representatives. And so, there is one representative seat that still needs to be filled, and that election is coming up pretty soon. And there, that's a Tulsa election. Mm-hmm, and there are three, or there, there were three senate seats when I wrote this initially, but now there's a fourth senate seat. We've had four Repu- Oklahoma Republican state senators have to be removed or quit from office because of criminal allegations. Uh, of
0: sexual misconduct. <laughs> yeah,
1: so there is a special election that's going to... There's either going to be a primary in December and an election in February, or j- if there's, not a, there's no need for a primary, there'll just be an election in December. Um, but this state senator, yeah, he was accused of sexually assaulting an Uber driver. Apparently he just grabbed and groped her and tried to kiss her. Um, and On top of that, yeah.
0: On top of that, uh, a guy in Mary Fallon's uh, governor's mansion, uh, like like hired by her and working for her, uh, is also fired for sexual misconduct because he was taking upskirt photos at official like official activities and, of,
1: of women. And Ralph Shorty not being able to, uh, he he wanted a, a young in quotes but legal gentleman to have a good time with. <laughs> And and, I mean,
0: I I didn't know this. Uh, I was listening to uh, Capitol Hill Insider, which is a great podcast about uh, Oklahoma politics. Apparently, it's the sexual misconduct of Republicans has become a budget issue for the election board now because they Republicans have been so bad at allocating funds and just like touching people inappropriately that the election board can't afford to keep having these special elections.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. And I also, like, I just, I love it whenever I get some doting Christian who's going to tell me about how socialists are immoral or whatever, whatever, whatever. And it's just like, dude, do you not see that the Christians in office, all they do, and I was, those are pretty heavy air quotes over Christian, but these, like, Christians in office, like, all they do is, like, like literally almost 10% of the repu- of of the state senators in Oklahoma, have been prosec are being prosecuted for criminal sexual assault charges right now. It's just like, it's... what do you do? They're all Republicans. They all run as Christians. It's uh it's amazingly. I mean, terrible. they're Christians.
0: They're Christians just like ISIS is is Muslim. You yeah. know, the worst representatives of a label. Yeah. Um, and and. But it's good, because Democrats have been winning this shit. Democrats have been on the ground, and they've been showing up, and I mean, like we've said before, Democrats are not always the best, but Democrats are better than Republicans, Yeah. especially rapist Republicans. Well,
1: and the gentleman who got elected in Norman, he's a schoolteacher, and that's one of the other things we've talked about quite a bit, is that these schoolteachers are getting involved, because they have to. They've just been so left behind that they have to get involved.
0: Yeah, they don't have a choice anymore. Yeah. Um... And it's also, I think it's important to mention, too, when we're talking about this, you know, we both grew up when a Democrat controlled the governor's mansion. Mm -hmm. Uh, Brad Henry was governor. I think it was only in the uh, 2000s that Republicans got a majority in the House or the Senate. I don't remember which one Uh, in the in the history of Oklahoma. So, like, we can do this shit, guys. Yeah, this can happen. We can we can make this political change happen.
1: Yeah. Um, Well. For our last segment of the week, instead of doing our normal uh, conservative reading series, we were going we to rate and review Hillary Clinton's book. But honestly, it's just so good, I can't do anything but give it 10 out of 10. And then my glowing review, I, I, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll eventually just have to write my own book called Why She Did It, The Story of Hillary Clinton. But instead... Uh,
0: I'm actually going to write a book called uh, If I Did It, and then do the OJ thing where you shouldn't have
1: done the if because you fucked up and you did the bad thing that's my plan i'm gonna call my book hillary clinton oh no here i go running again the 2020 story (laughs) um but instead uh we figured since uh the brady arts district is getting renamed uh, we were going to get to uh, try and uh, think of some names for ourselves. And uh, so the, the the three finalists that are being voted on are the Bridge Arts District, which I guess is actually my favorite of the three, the No-Do Arts District. Is that how you say it? No, No-Do. No-Do?
0: It has to be No-Do. It can't be No-Do. That sounds like, like they clean up after all the dogs
1: immediately. Yeah. It's the No-Do District. There's no toilets here. But, I mean, that just, dude, it's just like, it's the South Park, like, shit town. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's literally Soda Sopa. Yeah, it's Soda Sopa. <laughs> like, it's so bad. And then Boomtown Arts District, which is, like, whatever. Like, Boomtown is, oh, there was oil here once, and then the capitalists took it all, and now we can't get money out of it. But it's just, like, the, I don't know. All three of those things. I guess I hope it's the Bridge Arts District. If it's the new do, which is what I'm calling it. The new-do, I'm just going to call it the Brady because I hate new-do more than I hate Klansmen. <laughs> well, also, I mean, it's so stupid. They renamed, um,
0: like, the Brady Arts District is just, like, a thing made up by business people, right? Yeah. Um, because it was called that because of Tate Brady. And then there's the street. And they named Brady Street. After a different guy with the last name Brady that was a, a Civil War photographer on the Union side. So you could keep calling it Brady, but the history would be different. Why couldn't they fucking do that? Are you joking? Like, why do we need a name like New Poo? I don't want to call a cool part of town Newpoo. This is why capitalism is terrible. We let these fucking business chuds decide the names for this shit, and they come up with fucking idiot bullshit. It, it's called the Bridge Arts District, supposedly. Because you need to go over, over a or under a fucking bridge to get into it. So Relatively dumb. true, unless you're going in over a heavy traffic way on the southeast corner of the Brady, or you're coming in from Greenwood, which is just across the fucking street. It's, just, it's, it's idiotic, and it's the best name. I'm one hundred percent. It's just
1: these business chuds are so dumb. Yeah, yeah, they really, really, <coughs> really are. So. Um, I think we have we have a few of our suggestions. Um principally the I want to
0: say I want to say some of the crybaby hill suggestions though too cuz I think some of them are good. Like the parking ticket district, that's <laughs> accurate. I have had my car towed one time in my life and it was in the fucking Brady. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh the 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 Jesus people raging at the Majestic district it should just be the sign in front of the Majestic. <laughs> the
0: Majestic should just really say Are you gay, but uh, also hiding it from your wife? (laughs) Uh, Like, that should be their sign.
1: Or are you Adam and throwing up in the bathroom because (laughs) you ordered well shots again?
0: (laughs) Are you Carl and uh, getting uh, your friends to drink like
1: five shots of tequila in a row? True story. Not recommended. It was a bad night. Don't do that, guys. Um, Um, But yeah, those are all really good. And then, yeah, I think, um, the ones, uh, the ones you had typed up, I, I, I like the, not any of the suggested names, arts district, because I just, I just rather have nothing be, just be named nothing. It just be it's, it's Tulsa. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's, it's downtown, downtown, I'm, I'm downtown, north of the treks. Uh,
1: but the other two, uh, this is actually kind of what I was thinking of, um, what what I wanted it to be, and one of them you would have done the Greenwood Arts District uh, after the Greenwood community that was attacked during the Tulsa race riots, which is right there. Um, and that's yeah, I think a that buts. I think that I think that that um, one like in the way that like I I make the argument to a lot of people that like we don't have to like forget history, we just have to like memorize good history. And like whenever I hear people be like, oh, you're destroying history by taking down like capital or um. Civil War statues. It's like, well, there's plenty of history, and like one, those weren't representative of like good history. They were representative of like really shitty history, and like two, like there's plenty of great history we can you know memorialize. Um, yeah, and then one of the other ones was the the John Hope Franklin Arts District, and uh, now I I'm I have to say like I I kind of like Greenwood Arts
0: District in a way because that it is where Greenwood is, and if you walk around, especially the eastern end of the Brady, you know. If you look down, you see the plaques of where like black businesses were, mm-hmm. right? I think I think that's good memorialization, but I also kind of I don't I don't know I feel like it's kind of gentrifying the term in a way to call it the Greenwood Arts District.
1: See, I, I I hear like I hear that on one end where it's like yeah I do, but then at the same time it's just like I I also hear the argument of like wanting to be more inclusive to like. Black culture and history, especially there, it's like, if, you know, if we can, you know, because this Klansman hung out there one time and paid for some land there i'll name it after him, like, why not name it after something cool and like actually, like, you know, do we need to have the perfect thing? But you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to gentrify either and you know co-opt it. But I just always want to give an opportunity to lift up people who are you know thinking, you know, who want their history to be represented.
0: Yeah, and I think I think I think that's why. That's why I I really like the idea of John Hope Franklin or the Hope Franklin Arts District. Because, I mean, you already have the John Hope Franklin Reconciliation Park Mm. about the, uh, you know, memorializing the Tulsa Race Massacre up there. Um, And that's in the Brady District, surprisingly. Um, Or is it? No, it's not. No, it's not. Just over Detroit. guess I'm wrong about that. Um, But it's still, you know, it's right there. And and calling it after John Hope Franklin would be really cool because his involvement with the, the race massacre was sheltering people at, uh, Booker T Washington's building, yeah, and, and protecting people, yeah. and I think I think that'd be a good way to be like, hey, you know, there's history here that, and, and this is the kind of shit we should be celebrating. Yeah, this is the kind of shit we should
1: be memorializing. Yeah, exactly, and that's and that's and that's exactly my point in, in all of that. Well, uh, that's a been it's been a good show today. So if you uh, if you want to check us out, give us a give us a follow over at uh, at Red Star Over OK. Of course, you can check out the subreddit at r Red Star Over Oklahoma. Uh, I'm about to post that article, um, uh, for, uh, Angela Merkel, uh, and, um, the, the German glass ceiling. Yeah. The German glass ceiling. So, um, that'll be up before the episode. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, it, 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 that means it'll already be there by the time you guys are ready to check it out. Uh, check us out. Give us a listen over at SoundCloud, uh, iTunes, Red Star over Oklahoma, and both of those. Uh, if you want to send us an email, OK at gmail.com and tell your friends like, rate, review. On uh iTunes um
0: rate and review guys, come on.
1: Come on. Yep, yep. give me give me one star and tell me to You're terrible. That's drown in a bag of dicks. I, I I've Just been making rating. um Apple uh IDs Um and filling out very bad reviews. Try and keep us as low as I can
0: <laughs> uh, but also guys, uh uh if you think I'm wrong about the German election, uh, tweet at me and call me an idiot. Yep. Uh, tweet tweeted us. Let's get this Either conversation
1: started. Yeah, I'm it. Tweeted uh, the official account. Yeah, you can tweet at the official account. I'm at Adam S. Burnett, Adams Burnett uh, on Twitter. And Carl, you are?
0: At Hipster Roberts. There you go. Links
1: in the bio. Check us out. Yep, yep, yep. I'm really good at retweeting, guys. <laughs> All right, you guys have a great week. We'll see you next time. Bye.
0: Bye.